Hallie G with the Golf Insiders. My special guest, Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Well, I'm not sure what number sequel we're in right now, Bob, of Home Alone <laughs> or Groundhog's Day here in um, the middle of the virus and our uh, shut down golf world. But um, we haven't run out of things to talk about. And you this week had a really great sit down with PGA Tour veteran Pat Perez. Share about that. Yeah, yeah, Pat was really good. Uh, um, you know, he's been around for a while, a long time, you know, uh, friend of Tiger, or at least they, they kind of grew up playing junior golf against each other. And, uh, you know, he when I asked him about what he thinks about the tour's plan to come back in June, he's a little skittish about it. And he's not critical. He understands the, um, you know, that there's a there's a want and need to get back and they need to plan and all that. But, uh, you know, he raised, a, I think he raised a lot of good questions that, uh, that all of us have about this. You know, um, uh, how, how is this going to work? You know, how safe will it be? And, uh, you know, as we inch a little closer to what their proposed restart is, six weeks now, it will be six weeks this weekend from the first tournament, um, you know, there's still a lot of ground to cover. And, uh, you know, I thought Pat had a, had a pretty good had a pretty good take on it. It was, uh, it was one that, that, you know, suggests he's given some thought to this and that it's not just a matter of jumping back in and everything's going to be okay. Yeah, you know, he's uh, he's one of the more colorful, tell-it-like-it-is players on tour. Uh, you know, fun interview. And I uh, agree. I thought um, your your story on ESPN.com with him uh, just showed uh, just some, you know, very thoughtful, very thoughtful side of Pat as we were talking before we started. Um, you know, he's... He's 44 and he's recently remarried and has a his first child and you know Pat's kind of coming into his own at 44. Yeah, I think that gives you some perspective. Obviously, you know you you start realizing how um, how serious this could be with you know with a young child and you know the the possibility of a kid getting this even though. You know, most of the research suggests that young people are, are have the best chance to withstand this and might not ever have symptoms. You certainly don't want them to get it. Uh, and so, you know, he had questions about that. I mean, he's like, what about families? Are they going to be allowed to attend? Uh, uh, you know, he, he, he suggested he would not be bringing his wife and daughter on the road. Um, but he said, you know, some people like to have their families with them. They want to travel. I get that. Uh, but are they going to be able to come to the tournament? I mean, how will that work? And it's a great question. I mean, you know, I mean, they probably shouldn't be allowed to go to the tournament. Um, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's a tough it's a tough one. You know, I mean, the, the less people, the better, right? The less chances, um, you know, of, uh, of of there being problems. I don't know if you know if you saw there there was this tournament this week uh, in the Dallas area. Um, that uh, uh, it was it was for their caddy program, 
uh, but some, some, you know, Tony Romo played in it, and and uh, and some and some other pros played in it, and uh, um, you know, they had some strict rules about it. Like you couldn't arrive uh, before thirty minutes before your tea time. Uh, it was all walking and pull carts, you know, no caddies, you know, pins had to be left in, you know, all that stuff, no rakes, whatever. I mean, I just think it shows, like, the level of how far down you have to dig to think about every aspect of, of trying to get back with, with the things that we're dealing with right now. How many players played in the event? Uh, it's 72. Wow. Uh, yeah, 72, and a lot of pros, like Scotty Scheffler and, and Victor Hovland, mostly members at this club, Met- Meadows, in, 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 in the Dallas area. And, um, you know, they put it on to benefit their own caddy program. Like, all the entry fees are going to caddies. And, um, but, I mean, it's a little bit of a mini blueprint for how this could work because, you know, they, they, have, they have very strict rules in place. You know, like the 30 minutes. And now the 30 minutes is going to work on a tour event. But 45 minutes could. You know, if you think about it, uh, like, the, you know, in other words, like their clubhouse isn't open. Um, you know, you, there's they, they don't they turn their range into a mini part three, so you would just only be able to warm up on that part three. But you think about it as a tour event, you can't have 50 guys lined up on the range with their caddies and swing coaches and all that stuff. That can't happen. Right. It's got to be spread out and limited. So one way to limit that is to limit the arrival time. So you're not going to be able to practice for an hour and a half before you round. You know, and that's unfortunate, but it's just how it has to be. You have to, they have to be able to control who's there. And, you know, if you think about it, there's probably not going to be a fitness trailer. The clubhouses are probably going to be closed, restaurants. There's going to be some sort of box lunch situation for food. So if you can, if, if you can limit the, you know, there's only 10 or 15 players on the range at any one time. And obviously, not everybody is playing at exactly the same time. They're spread out on the golf course. Now you've kind of taken care of that aspect of it with the players, you know. And so if you're able to then spread out the TV production people, the media people, whatever the volunteers are doing, clearly they're not going to have to have any need to go close to anybody. So you, but that's just, you know, you have to go down that far to think all these things through and, and, uh, uh, it's a challenge. I, I, uh, I'm sure there's a million things I'm not thinking about that they are all having to worry about too. You were speaking uh, also about, um, you know, the fact that the tours reached out to the media and, you know, just the number of different iterations, um, you know, the media center, the interviews, you know, as you, we were saying, you, you can't do the scrum right after the round type of thing. Even just that piece of it, you know, is full of details and protocols. Sure. I mean, you know what a media center looks like. It's person stacked upon person, rows and rows. That can't happen. You can't have that. You're going to have to have, you know, if you look at some of these press conferences that are being held on TV now, you see the spacing that goes on in the rooms, you know, with the various, you know, politicians or leaders. or And the limit, the limited amount of people in the room. Right. Yeah, it has to be limited, and they have to be spaced out. So there would clearly have to be some sort of setup like that, that for us. And the same with interviews, and 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 you know, it's just like I'm saying that 
if there's going to have to be sacrifices and things that are different for the players, well, it will be the same for us. You know, I mean, absolutely. I mean, are we going to like everything? No, of course not. But I think we're going to have to understand, well, look, this is the only safe way forward, and it's better to, to, to be safe than to, you know, than to fight for something that might in the big picture seem kind of trivial. You know, um, I think in the early parts of this, whenever it does come back, we'll be glad to have it back in whatever form it is and with whatever restrictions are in place. And it might be awkward at times, but, you know, so be it. It's, it's better than not, right? So um, I think uh, uh, I, I think most of us are level-headed enough to recognize that that's, that's going to be okay, and hopefully it won't have to be that way for forever or for a long time. I thought it was also interesting Pat was saying that um, he hasn't played any golf, and it's interesting the number of players that, have said you know similar things um you know he was saying he had no desire to play he's been remodeling a house outside you know sounds like he's moving trees and you know building trenches he's got five acres of land you wrote in your story doing a lot of unpacking and (laughs) reorganizing kind of fun to get a picture into these guys world at home isn't it yeah, you know, I think it's interesting. I think there's probably, you know, I don't know what the percentage would be, but I think there's a good number of players that have not played or even practiced. I think without a goal, or the, you know, like usually when guys take time off, like they, you know, even if they, they're taking an extended break, you know, they do so with the knowledge of, okay, I know when I'm coming back, and so now I know when I'm going to have to start gearing up whether that's two weeks out or three weeks or a week or 10 days, whatever it is, they have that in mind with no goal, with no light at the end of the tunnel there for a long time. They were like, well, what's the point? We're not coming back next week. I don't want to start gearing up. And, you know, this may be a good time to like let my body heal or, you know, just, you know, try to get exercise, but not worry about golf too much. And I'll have plenty of time. And that's sort of what Pat suggested. You know, he was like, First of all, he's not convinced we're starting on June 11th at Colonial. He thinks that that's a ambitious goal. Mm. But he's like, I'm not going to start getting ready for that until, you know, two, three weeks before. You know, and then, you know, his plan was, you know, if, if it's a go, he was going to try to play, you know, three or, three or four right out, of the, right out of the gate. And so I guess he probably doesn't want to want overdo it. You know, I think there's something to be said for that. You know, if you're grinding now, playing every day, practicing, and, and look at look at what they're look, facing if they do start up and, and it goes as, as they hope. That's a lot of golf between now and November, and uh, you know, there's some there's going to be some people feeling like they need to catch up. And when the season ends, you know, hopefully this happens and it ends Labor Day weekend. Guys who are used to sort of taking a little break and catching their breath, well, they can't. Right. Because because there's majors that are going to be coming up. <laughs> exactly. You no, know? so it's totally different. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I saw where Rory just got back to hitting balls. You know, he hadn't, hadn't hit, touched any clubs since the players, you know, six weeks. Uh, you know, and the thing is, though, is, He's got almost as much of a gap between now and when they would start again as what we've had to this point. Think how that. Think how long this time has seemed 
and we've got that long to go. So, although I think with knowing that it's coming, it's gonna it's gonna be a better feeling, you know. Right. But it's it's a you know we're we're gonna we're gonna have looked at at least a, a three month break, you know, which is unheard of. And what a role Rory was on, right? Since the right. players last year, uh, you know, I would think, you know, that's one guy that uh, probably, uh, you know, certainly didn't need a break, uh, given. No, I think there's you know I think it's. And that works both ways. I think there's some guys who are like, God, what a terrible, you know, what is what a t- tough time to end. Others who like a guy like Brooks Kepka is way but was way behind, you know. Well, now and Tiger too, you know. To 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 be honest, you know, those guys were were out of form because because of you know the, their situations, and now, you know this. This has given them a chance to possibly get healthy and get better and feel better, and they're not losing any ground because they they, they uh, you know they froze the world rankings. Right. So I mean, from a purely golf standpoint, I mean, again, I always hate to like dive into those weeds. I think you have to look at the big picture and just it doesn't really matter. But if you're looking at it just from the sports standpoint, um, I think it's interesting that. Uh, um, you know, some guys are going to benefit from this, and some guys got a bad break. These stats are pretty impressive of Rory's since uh, the 2019 players. 19 starts, 4 wins, 15 top 10s. <laughs> yeah. You think he was um, really looking forward to Augusta in April? And now, yeah. now you know, this, long, this long, wait, long wait for the first major, which is in August now. Right. Yeah. You know, I, he did say, though, uh, one thing I thought that was interesting was he said that you know, if this goes off, the Masters will be the third major played, and maybe the pressure will be different, you know, because they'll have been into this schedule, and it won't be the first one in seven months like we're used to. And, uh, you know, I think he's trying to take – Take it for you know I I've got a, I've got a different way to look at it now and maybe that maybe that'll help me. So uh, I know, I agree works. I agree yeah. I mean you know players you know, I believe and you know this players have a certain you know inner tempo rhythm um, routine in terms of you know their schedule right. So I would think even just from a mojo perspective, having just a completely different environment and time of year. To play the Masters bodes well for Rory. Yeah, for a guy like him who has kind of struggled with this thing now ever since he, you know, won hit, won the uh, the Open in 2014, which put him in position for a career Grand Slam. You know, he's actually had some high finishes at the Masters, but not really been a back nine contender, and and he's been been sort of frustrated by his inability to you know have his game right there when he needed it and so maybe maybe this will be better you know because it'll be it'll be it'll be fairly busy up to that point um you know he might even go over you know over to asia it's crazy to think that they're going to have that asia swing and then like a couple weeks later it's the masters right you know it's not the usual runoff it's not the florida event you know There'll be less media. There'll be less questions, you know, uh, for him. You know, 
obviously two three weeks before the Masters. Normally, those are big big events too. The you know the match play, Bay Hill, um, you know tournaments for players, tournaments with a lot of media, a lot of sports in themselves, and these questions come up. Well, now he's looking at you know after they play the U.S. Open and, and the Ryder Cup following again, hopefully. Then it's that three-week swing in Asia, um, and, you know, he played two of those last year. He won in China. So, you know, in China, I think, is two weeks before the Masters. So does he go over there? I mean, yes, there's going to be media there, but it's not, you know, I don't know, maybe that, maybe that run-up is good for him, you know. He had planned to play the week before the Masters this year in San Antonio, so... Um, how that works now, I mean, that's going to be Houston. Maybe, maybe he doesn't go to China to defend and he goes to Houston. So uh, it'll be fascinating to see how this all plays out. I'm just hoping that, that, uh, that it works that way. I, I hope so, too. And um, I think we're all waiting for golf to come back, fans or no fans. Uh, great to be watching sports on TV. And um, yet, you know, we, we want it safe for, for everyone. Um, so we just gotta, we gotta be smart about it. Right, Bob? <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. I think for smart, it can work. Well, as always, thank you for your time. And, um, hopefully, uh, we'll be seeing each other sooner than later. Appreciate it, my Very friend. Thank you. No problem. Thank you.